The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a wonderful Monday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company here from the star in Frisco and the SWBC studios as we break down the Cowboys' loss to the Philadelphia Eagles 26-17 to on Sunday Night Football, and we'll do so here over the next 45 minutes. Chris Beam in the back, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey Walker, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, this is the last time the Cowboys will play on primetime for a little bit of time, so that's probably good. Patrick, what time did you get in last night? Uh, wheels touched down here at DFW a little bit before 4 a.m. Yeah, so you're bright and early. You're you're rested. Take you got your black rifle days. coffee. <laughs> no, no sleep, right? No sleep. Oh, Patrick, yes, no, no sleep walker. Is Brooklyn. that the first time you stayed up to 4 o'clock? Not at all. Oh, that's <laughs> just saying there. Not no, see, don't make it like it's the first. It was basically, that's basically. Every time's like the first time. <laughs> oh, oh. That's basically a carbon copy of the New York trip. That's like literally exactly, literally. and I didn't go on this one, that's literally exactly when we rolled in from New York. So those are tough ones. So God bless you for being even, here. Even, even, more, <laughs> even more so when you don't have the dub to, to mm. kind of oh, right. ride in on. Um, unfortunately, that's yeah, you name. can't you can't put on the cowboy hat and you can't drink the tiger yeah, milk no this tiger week. Milk this, this week. It's mm. unfortunate, but that's Stay okay. Stay for the lion milk, though. But we'll get to that later in the week. Okay, <laughs> we're going we're going that far into the lions rivalry. Yeah. Is that what this is? Yeah, no. we'll, we'll talk about those. Guys okay. Later. Mm. okay. Uh, nine point loss for the Cowboys yesterday. Cooper Rush, 18 of 38 passing. He had more incompletions than he had completions. 181 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. He had not thrown a pick prior to this game this season and then throws three in the one game. And uh, Isaiah, we had talked about it that the luck at some point for Cooper Rush was going to run out, and it looked like it ran out a little bit last night. He threw three interceptions. It could have been worse, really, if you look at some of the throws when you go back on the film. But uh, in the game where you we talked about it previously, you can't give up the football. You have to hold on to the football, take care of the football. He gave it up, and that ultimately was the difference. Yeah, it wasn't just him, but. This for people that are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he played like that. You've seen this from Rush, and this, and I don't want to make this like it's just a Rush thing. Rush didn't lose you this ball game, no. But we saw this in Washington. We talked about this last week that that was lucky as all get out, and that's why the whole conversation came up because you had two interceptions that got called back because of illegal contact and holding or whatever else. So we've seen that that those errant throws, uh, you know, be kind of tossed up there. We've also seen it when he's under a little bit of duress, him not make the best decisions, okay? The velocity changes, all those type of things. But we've also seen it where we just can't move the dog on ball that effectively. And the biggest thing we said last week was the biggest threat to the Dallas Cowboys in this weekend's game was getting behind. 
because now you're going to ask somebody who you've tasked with being a game manager. Don't be confused by having Cooper Rush as your game manager versus being somebody who can go win you a game. And the moment that you place that responsibility on him, that's what you're going to see is what, what happened yesterday. Yeah, um, I, I didn't go on the trip, but I, I thought watching the broadcast, I thought Chris Collinsworth just summed it perfectly up at the end when he said the Eagles had more ways to win the game than the Cowboys did. And I wrote this in gut feeling on Friday. I felt like the Eagles are probably the better overall complete team right now. I was still willing to ride with the Cowboys defense, provided Cooper Rush takes care of the ball. Yeah, And they still – because we've talked about it for weeks. They've had to play a certain way to be able to win football games. And it, it leaves a very slim margin for error. And any time you lose the turnover battle three to nothing and really four to nothing – and you gift a team that good the ball three times in your own territory, you're probably going to lose. Now, I was really impressed with the way they fought back. Yeah, That's the mark of a good team. That's a team that's going to – they're still going to go places, I think, and and they should probably be favored in at least the next three games that they play. Um, and Dak's coming back. I, I, based off of that pregame workout in OC, I can't imagine he won't be back for Detroit. Um, but – that that was the recipe for losing games with Cooper Rush. That was the type of performance I think we thought we'd see more often, to be quite honest, just because he's never really played a lot. And it's and no and and Isaiah's right, like it's not all on him. Um, but they had to play a certain way to win games, especially to beat a team that good. And they didn't, you know, it was too late for them to come back in that game. Okay, so for me, this is this is all, this is going to be a a, a difficult fine line to walk but let's let's try to walk the line as best we can um let's it, let's use a, a compliment sandwich when it comes to cooper rush <laughs> right um first and foremost thank you cooper rush for your service <laughs> right hand you know he he deserves an ovation for getting the cowboys to the point where you know you you hate that they lost to philly and in the fashion in which they did however uh, if he doesn't play efficient, uh, efficiently and he doesn't give the Cowboys that 5% that we kept talking about on a weekly basis, maybe this team is 1-5 or 0-6, okay? Instead, they're 4-2. You hate losing. You hate losing to Philadelphia. You hate losing to Philadelphia in Philadelphia on primetime. However, Cowboys as a whole are still in very good shape. Could be better shape, but could be much, much worse. So there's the positive. Thank you, Cooper Rush, most certainly for that. Um, What's also true is a large portion of this loss is hanging on Cooper Rush's shoulders. Uh, and, and leading into this game when we did our predictions, and, you know, I, I'd love for them to prove me wrong in these types of predict predictions, but I felt like the defense would do what the defense has been doing. And for the most part, they did, but they started to get gassed when you started to look at, uh, at certain points in the game, the Eagles had a nine-point time of possession, a nine-minute time of possession advantage, mm -hmm. 10 minutes, 11 minutes at some point. It's, it's going to wear on the defense. And in large part, because Cooper Rush, the leprechaun that was on his shoulder, as Rob P. so eloquently put it on a week-to-week -week basis, I, I stated that I felt like <laughs> in Philly it was going to take a nap. It didn't just take a nap. It crawled under a rock, and it died. <laughs> those uh, those potential interceptions. That poor Cooper, leprechaun. Yeah, those potential interceptions that Cooper Rush would have thrown on a weekly basis that were negated by penalties, that were dropped by other teams, most recently like Bobby Wagner, for example. I said I don't believe the Eagles dropped these. I believe those, those opportunities – 
turn into giveaways for the Cowboys. And unfortunately, that's what happened. I have a, a category that I'm working on in, in my analytics and science called critical error. Uh, and critical error, I try to qualify what because you have errors, but critical errors are different. I try to qualify a critical error by either points left on the field, mm-hmm. point or momentum swing, and or it results in points the other way. Okay, like a pick six would be a critical error. Of the seven critical errors that I have listed, I have to go back and watch the film. Four of them belong to Cooper Rush. Mm. Three, obviously, the interceptions, but there was a near uh, a near interception on a target to Michael Gallup in the end zone uh, that left four points on the board because all they were able to get was were three at that point. Yeah. So be a Cooper Rush or anyone, if any player – <laughs> where in any number gets four out of is accountable for four out of seven critical errors, then you have to kind of put the loss mostly on their shoulders. Yeah. So yes, this one is on Cooper Rush, but I go back to the the bottom bun, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> of my compliment sandwich in that Cooper Rush did exactly what they needed him to do in a backup row. He stepped up. He didn't lose the Cowboys any games before Sunday. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Uh, the carriage turned back into a pumpkin, but it did so in the days preceding, which would have probably happened anyway. QB1 looks like he's on the way back. Yeah. So compliment sandwich. And I mean, this will be a little bit of the meat on the outside of that bun, because you look at 10 points off of turnovers in the first half. Uh, the interception that led to a touchdown and only had a 44-yard field for Philadelphia to navigate after they just went 15 plays, 80 yards. They had 44 yards, and they went down the field, and they scored on the touchdown to A.J. Brown. So short yardage, seven points. And then right after that turnover, they come back, and they only have the one yard, but it ends up in a field goal for Jake Elliott from 51 yards out after that second interception. So there's 10 points right there. You take those 10 points away from the final score, then it's a Cowboys win. Now, they wouldn't have gone for two in that situation. The Eagles got 20 points off of critical errors by my count. There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, you can add add one more because... Um, they would have they would have kicked the PAT. It would have been a tie well, ball game, basically. Well, I mean, it's not counted as a turnover, but when you turn it over on downs at your own 34, Philly got a field goal off of that. So okay. That's, that's, to me, that's 13 that's, points off turnovers. Yeah. And like No C said, if you want to count 20 off critical errors, like... You can't win that way. You, can't. you just can't. Yeah. Not against a team that good. And Dante Fowler had a critical error as well. Neutral zone infraction on fourth and four. Mm. Um, coaching staff. Well, there, were, there was one play on the fourth and one. There were two critical errors on the fourth and one. One, um, no cha- the decision to not challenge the spot uh, after CeeDee Lamb caught that ball. Yep. And then the, the play call out of the four and one that was an error pass on a bootleg from Cooper let's, Rush. Let's talk about that situation, because yeah. I know a lot of fans are frustrated with it. I feel like yesterday in the the mentions in the comment sections that I saw from the post-game reaction, a lot of it pointed to the the third and or the third down dive by C.D. Lamb to try and pick up the first down. Upon further review, it ends up being a first down. It should have been called a first down. However, no challenge from the coaching staff. Then they rush up to the line of scrimmage. They run this errant play that just didn't look like it was going to work from the first place. Isaiah, when you look back at what happened there, would one, would you have challenged it? Two, would you have gone for it? And three, would you have called a different play if you would have gone for it? 
should have never got to the point where they needed to call a play because they should have challenged it. Should have. It should have just been done right there. Everybody's going to point at the referees. Oh, the referees should have made that call. Yeah, they should have. They mm-hmm. make calls. They miss calls. But guess what? That's why you have a red flag in your pocket. Honestly, so. and you go, you can go back and watch on the the all twenty two for those of you listening. The the line judge at the top of the formation at the top of the screen, she actually marked it right. She had a first down marked. The line judge at the bottom came forward, and he was covered up by a couple extra bodies. She had the better look at it. They should have deferred to her judgment, but instead they deferred to the line judge at the bottom of the yeah. the, the field, too, and, and they ended and up it, marking it short. And it happens, but guess what? All Coach McCarthy had to do was reach in his little handy-dandy waistband and throw that flag out. Yeah. And there's so many. I think there's on average. <laughs> handy-dandy waistband. <laughs> I think the other <laughs> yeah, there he he obviously sees it in real time. He has a headset on. He has his coaches in the booth. Offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators are all up there. They have all kinds of not scouting, but all the other guys replay are, all the other guys. I mean, they have yeah. access, right? So somebody should have told him to throw the flag, and for whatever reason, they didn't, and, so, that, and that hurt him. So here's here's McCarthy's explanation. Uh, Post game, I'm going to read from his quote so so the fans can get his side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, down judge Robert De Lorenzo, which kind of references what Kyle was saying as far as who they should have deferred to but did not, uh, on the sideline told me she had the knee down uh, before he extended, before CeeDee Lamb extended. So my history has been when the official tells you that, it's usually pretty clear. Uh, dot, dot, dot. There was no replay in that sequence, and there wouldn't have been in the in the 40 seconds. My experience has been when I'm communicated with by the official, I'm usually discouraged from challenging that play, end quote. He went on to explain more, but um, that's the context from the McCarthy standpoint. But I, I do agree with Isaiah and, and most Cowboys fans in this aspect. You're on the road, um, and even if it wasn't as – seemingly obvious as mm-hmm. it actually was, I still would have been okay with throwing the challenge flag on that because of the magnitude of the game and who you're going against. Um, but, you know, that saying, it was a little bit more obvious. And so, obviously, more so, I would have been willing to throw that flag. And, it, again, critical error because – and it could have been de- – the consequence of it could have been deleted by a better play call on fourth and one. But instead, the play call on fourth and one, the bootleg to the right that ended up in the sale pass, it compounded the critical error. And what happens, the Eagles get some points after that. Yeah. So. I, I don't want to. I don't want a better play call on fourth and one. I want to punt it. <laughs> That's, that was me. I was surprised they did it. It's the second quarter. You you love your defense. You trust your defense, and, and you're down fourteen nothing. I get it. You want to get some momentum going, but I was surprised that they did that that early in the game. Pinned back as far as I mean, we're seeing more and more teams do it. Doing Rams it. Rams yeah. did it last week. McCarthy's done it before, but man, Eagles uh, did it a number of times. Yeah, I mean, teams are getting more aggressive, but that's a that's a tough situation to put your defense in. Well, even if you throw the challenge flag and you don't get it, which in this occasion you would have gotten it, but mm-hmm. if you throw it and you don't get it, the worst-case scenario is you call a timeout, you get your ducks in a row, and then you turn around and you go out and you either punt the football away because you have more time to think about this decision or you come up with a better play call because – in McCarthy's explanation, they were up in that tempo. They were up in the high in tempo the turbo, offense, the turbo. That's turbo. what his t- terminology was. Use that turbo or turbo look as an excuse to say we were going to go for it on fourth down. Anyways, that doesn't make me feel any better are you, about the decision. Are you more upset with the 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 non challenge, or are you more upset with the fourth down call? 
Ooh. That's a good one. I think I'm more upset with the fourth down call just because the challenge is bang, bang. I'm not upset by the fourth down call. I hated the mm. play call. Okay. I'm not, I, I couldn't stand the play call. I liked it a lot. You like going for it yeah. down there when you're already down If you're going to go touchdowns? for it, I like it a lot because where you're, where your eyes at as a defense? You're, 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 you're worried about the interior, so getting out on the edge is not a bad thing. You give, but the you way give, that give they did options. it, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm it was not against such a it. long developing play for a quarterback that doesn't move well. He's rolling out to his right, he throwing off balance. He had some inaccuracy issues. You were waiting on Noah Brown you to still, make a block on the edge, still, and then he gets tripped up by C.D. Lane. It's give just all yourself bad. Options. It's all bad. You still give yourself options. He's out on the edge, so he has an option to throw the ball to multiple guys that are open mm-hmm. or run it. Maybe. He had options. If Noah Brown hits his block, then yes. Absolutely. But he didn't. But that's why you draw the play up. You don't draw the play up saying, what if my guys don't do their job? But you expect backfield. I understand it, but you also have 700 pounds of grown men sitting in the middle of your formation. So I don't, I'm don't. i not opposed to getting out on the edge and giving Cooper Rush an option to tuck that thing should he have won the edge. It's unfortunate that Noah Brown didn't pick up his block. It's unfortunate that he didn't throw a completion. But the play call was actually a, a doggone good play call. This is a difficult for me. This is a difficult one for me because I see what both of you are saying. You're right. You don't call plays based on your expectation <laughs> that they'll fail. Yeah. Okay? True. Yeah. That said, you had to that point in the game, you had already seen at least two sailed passes from Cooper Rush, some inaccuracies. You had seen the interception. He was just not on his. So you're game. saying you play with scared money? No, I'm not saying you play with scared money. I'm okay. saying you you play I guys in a success. I say you play to what's working <laughs> at any given moment. You play to what's working at any given yeah, moment. I'm, and the passing attack uh, was not working to that point in the game, although the running attack was showing some signs. Was CD open? No, he was not. CD was on the ground. I just. Call me. He, was, he threw Call. it at Peyton Hendershot, yeah, who like was covered behind, from behind by a half a step. He had a half a step on a guy, threw it to Peyton Hendershot, but then there was a linebacker in front of him, threw it on the backside of it. It should have been intercepted. Call call me milk toast, okay? And people have in their in my life, but <laughs> I, I'm punting. I'm, pu- I'm putting them, milk pinning them back. Toast. I'm resetting with my defense, and I'm saying we're, let's reset and 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 not spot them three more points. Hey, That's just I, me. I used, and, and, I used and, to tell and, my coaches, give me that same play. Give no, me out on the edge. I understand. And, and you know what? Like you're not Cooper Mike, Rush. I'm Mike a lot is, faster. Mike exactly. <laughs> Mike has exactly. had a great pulse of his football team. <laughs> Extend like, play. I like the call. I'm not opposed to the call. Well, he's he's been. He's done this before, and he shows faith in his team, and I appreciate it. He knows his team, and he knows his offense. But in that moment, man. Mm, but the thing this. is, like, the, the, this is the crazy part. I, I, I can say I'll stand behind this. It, it's unfortunate it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It happens. Okay, you go for it on fourth, you win some, you lose some. Sure. Okay? But just like Friday and Pop said, you live to see another day. Okay. But the reality is, <laughs> if they would have turned around and handed the ball off to Zeke and came downhill, and, and Fletcher Cox and, or freaking Jordan Davis would have freaking came in there and just mollywopped them, then I'm people would have been pissed off. People would be like, oh, you can't, no. you tried to run the no. ball at these two see, mammoths. Then at no. that point, I'm more upset with the non challenge than I would be with the play call. <laughs> I hear you. I'm it more is, upset is, with the play a call than I am with the non challenge. It's a sliding scale. I hear you. I, I'm more upset with the. Not the challenge. Me too. Because it's it, the butterfly effect, right? We're not talking about what plays called on fourth down. But the thing is, what's if, bothersome? If we throw the red flag. What's bothersome is you don't not challenge with. He didn't. Ah, let me run this back. That's the mm. best way to say this. <laughs> Let's just, I'm going to assume because we don't know. Okay, but there's a high probability that he had all the information that he needed from upstairs to make a, a an asserted challenge. Yeah. 
We've been in those booths before. Oh, yeah. We see the replays. We know how fast those things come through. TV copies were running replays before they even went up there and tried to sneak the ball or you try to try to run the fourth down and, play. And that's where he's relying on his information. Is yeah, upstairs. upstairs yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm assuming that – didn't come in yet. His, yeah, I'm just, there must have been some kind of technical error because – I'm, if I'm the offensive coordinator or quality control or whoever, I'm yelling, hey, 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 challenge. Throw the dog on flag. We see what you don't see. Throw the flag. And that's completely fair, um, which then brings us to the fourth down play. Run the ball. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I'm not opposed to the fourth Run down play. Run the ball. I like it. Zeke, has, number one, going into the game, we knew that Zeke has um, often – Played some of his best games in Philadelphia. He was playing strong last night. Cowboys kind of got away from the run early. We've seen this recipe before. It ended in a loss in Tampa, uh, against Tampa Bay. It ended in a loss in Philadelphia because by the time they got to the run and by the time they started utilizing the tight ends, which was which was one of my keys to success, you got to yeah. utilize the tight ends, really didn't start making that connection until the third quarter. And then when they started making it, it happened mostly on one drive, and that drive ended in a touchdown. So the things yeah. that were successful, the Cowboys weren't, doing in the first first quarter first half but in that particular moment you talk about milk and toe run the ball <laughs> run Brian the Anger, run kick it to kick it to Max's. <laughs> That's mine, the milk and toast. Tiger milk and toast. Yeah, you you've got a little yeah, extra yeah, spice right, on yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah. But pumpkin spice. A couple, yeah, pumpkin <laughs> spice. There's a couple extra things there too to think about. One, if the replay wasn't available, Isaiah, which very well could have been the case. Yep. How hard is it to just tap the brakes? You don't have to go turbo. Take the turbo well, away. You don't, you don't want to just... give those guys a chance to sub either. Because okay. if you are going to do that, you don't. the last thing you want is Davis, that Hargrave, and freaking Fletcher Cox in yeah. the game at the same right time. Right in the middle of the field. Yeah, so well, I'm, not maybe a, you again, I'm not opposed to the, to the turbo. I'm not opposed to the fourth down call. The flag should have been thrown. And there's no I mean, replay. I mean, that's, no that's, that's, that's no just doubt. reality. There's no replay going to be in-house either because – Home field advantage. It's a, it's a, it's the they same. see the same thing that you see, and it's yeah. like, oh, we're not going to throw this up there on the board in Philly. Whereas in Dallas, they may be like, hurry, get it on the board. Yeah. I mean, I look at that fourth down call as the same thing as when you get in the red zone and you're down there on the goal line, and teams are like, just run the ball, you're one yard away. And then what most of the time you see? bootleg guys getting out on the edge throwing flat routes throwing corners it's the same freaking thing yeah. you had a lot of space out there. there was a lot of opportunity you just didn't you didn't convert on it for me nope. it, it just it really just boils down to one thing and that's the fact that Cooper Rush had already shown you that he wasn't having a great night uh, and with a critical play like that when a player showed if it was yeah, but, you if have, it were, but you have to throw yourself back in the game though I mean, you know what I'm saying? So that's that was that's the thing. Like I hear you, and, and it, 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 it makes sense in the third quarter. He, in let's, the third quarter, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it Come on back. the other side of the break because he did throw himself back into yeah, in, it. In the third but it was quarter, also the ground game that found a rhythm too. It wasn't just the passing game. They got back to it on the ground. Ezekiel Elliott had a fantastic game in my eyes, and we'll talk about that when we come back with more talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee. Right after this, when you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA Equal Housing Lender Credit and Collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. 
Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company from the star in Frisco, and the Cowboys fall on the road at Philadelphia 26 to 17. The final score is that's the first loss for the Cowboys against the divisional opponent in nine tries. They had an eight game win streak going into that game against the NFC East, and that came to a close. So did their four-game winning streak as well. They are now 4-2 and two on the season. By the way, limited tickets for the remaining home games of the 2022 Dallas Cowboys season at AT&T Stadium are available right now. You can visit DallasCowboys.com slash tickets or go to SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. So we, we left the first segment talking about how – Dallas got back in it. And that's the the back end of Patrick's so-called uh, compliment sandwich, right? Compliment sandwich. The compliment sandwich. Is it go. a burger? Is it a sandwich? It, I mean, it, It's a burger, and it's on a pretzel bun. Ooh, that's really nice. Okay, so compliment sandwich. The back end of it was the fact that they fought their way back into mm-hmm. it. 20-17, to 17, you had a chance for your defense, who is at elite level, to come up and make a stop, and you didn't get it. But I want to talk about how they got to that point in the first place. And and Isaiah, you and I were kind of talking with Patrick in the break mm-hmm. about the situation at hand. Philly got away from themselves, yes. and Dallas took advantage. Yes, very much so. How yeah. did that happen? With the RPO, it yeah. looked like the reads just said pass, and Dallas was more ready for it in the third quarter. Yeah, I think I don't think Jalen Hurts had his best game. Honestly, he left a lot of freaking meat on the bone. Yeah, I'm Dallas fans, y'all can say whatever you want to about it, but he that could have been a lot worse. I mean, his stat line he, it could have been a lot worse because he he there's a lot of reason he was running. Just I don't know what he was looking at. You heard me yelling in the dog room like, "What are you doing? What are you doing, bro?" Like, there's so many times he should have pulled it. So many times he should have pulled it and threw it. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities out there that Dallas were susceptible to. But ultimately, you know, I think this offensive coordinator for for Philly, he's shown it all year. You're right, Rob P. In the break, in terms of saying that they haven't been a second half team. Whenever they have had leads, they seemingly get away from what's got them to actually having the lead. And then when Dallas got close, they're like, okay. Let's go back to what was working, and then they were just unstoppable again. So, I think it was. I don't. 
you know I love Dan Quinn. You know I love this defense. I think it was more Philly pulling off the gas more so than it was Dallas being that effective defensively. Not to take anything away from them, I just think that Philly had a, a complete control of that game for the most part, and there was no signs that they could ever be stopped if they truly just wanted to go and just keep beating it down the blue. And I know that's I know I, 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 I know feel I got, real yeah. Dennis Greenish uh, after seeing this game. The Eagles are who we thought they were. If you want to crown them, crown them. <laughs> But they are who we thought they were. I, we mentioned this going into into the game, and this was one of my, my points of science. Jalen Hurts, as a as a passer, meh. Uh, and, and he showed me that. I mean, before he finally threw that touchdown later in the game to kind of seal the, the deal for the Eagles, he only had like 125, 120 yards passing and no touchdowns. The thing was he had no interceptions. So he was playing uh, mistake-free football to that point, no fumbles. He still had a 100-plus passer rating, but he was 15-25 yeah, I mean. for 155. But you know how passer rating is calculated. It's it's the efficiency of yeah. it. And no errors also boosts the passer rating. Sure. Cooper Rush's um, halftime but, passer rating was interesting. Right. It was 1.0. Cooper Rush's was, was yeah. 1.0. He had more interceptions then his his interception tally was higher than his passer rating. Yeah, you can't win like that. Now, uh, kind of, st- and, and I'm going to circle back and then jump back in this lane. Kudos to Cooper Rush for showing the R word again, resiliency. He used his tight ends, key up catch by critical catch by Sean McEwen, critical catch by Peyton Hendershot, uh, critical catch and touchdown uh, later in you know that quarter by Jake Ferguson. Can we talk about that one real quick? Because I was sick. Yeah, we can really quickly before we <laughs> veer back over. <laughs> Uh, it, you have a 1.0 passer rating at the half, two interceptions, and that leads to a time of possession in favor of the Eagles by nine minutes and 35 seconds. That was quite indicative of how the game was likely going to end. The Cowboys could fight back, and they probably would fight back, but you're asking a lot of a defense to keep holding them, keep holding them, keep holding them, and the dam broke, and there was the touchdown. Yeah. But Jalen Hurts, he showed me that you know he is what we thought it was. He can run the ball, try to contain him. Cowboys mostly did well in, in containing him mostly uh, on the ground, but uh, this this was such a winnable game. Even if you take away just one of those interceptions, if you take away two of those critical errors, like the one by Dante Fowler, uh, the neutral zone infraction that yielded points, Look how much it, my bottom line is this, and I'll throw it over you, Kyle. You said this is a winnable game. It absolutely this was a winnable game. If you give up, if you have seven critical errors that ultimately awards the other team twenty of their twenty six points, it it, to, it tells me it was a winnable game because it I think because it, it's it a took winnable that game. Right, it took that much play, to happen for you to lose on the road. It's winnable if you play us your way that's been working and you don't make any mistakes at all. Or, or at least you know, minimize if you the away, mistakes. If you take away one or two of those mistakes, it was a three-point that, that, game. That's my point. That's my point. Isaiah uh, keeps looking up and seeing 20 to nothing, yeah. which I understand. You can't spot an undefeated team on it's the road hard, it's, 20 points. You it's can't hard do to that. Play, I mean, it's, people are going to think it sounds like, like whatever, but it's that hard playing from up. Didn't impress me. And, and, and unless you, unless you have a coordinator that is willing to put his foot on your throat and drive you into the freaking ground, most teams end up giving up leads and they allow the game to get a little bit close. And they're like, "Oh crap, we should probably start playing again." Okay. And they put their foot. And you, but then you put okay. your foot back down. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that 
you can say, well, well, Dallas was just dominant during that period of time. Or you can say that Philly let up. It doesn't. Well, I don't care what side of the table you're on. This game, if you looked up in the first part, it was 15 minutes of possession to five at one point in time. That could have easily been that way the entire game had he been that killer instinct. Dallas was never in control of this game. I don't care what emotions you want to feel. You could feel all, all sweet and dandy and say, oh, we were, we were close. We had a chance. No. This game was dominated by Philadelphia. And you, you take this film. And you take your your freaking tuzzle, you put it on the bottom of your tongue, and you you take it take the shot to the head, and you remember this for the next time you play them. But they dominated you in this game. Here's what I'm saying: No, they did not. <laughs> okay, you lost this game. They didn't win this game. The oh, win column is going gosh. to say what it does, but that that's a thing. Teams can win games or they can get wins because the opposing team lost the game. This is a, a situation where the Cowboys lost this game. If this were the Buffalo Bills and you spotted them 20 to 0 at the half, do you think Josh Allen and that offense would have only finished with 20 a 26 to 17 final? You mean to tell me that the Eagles let up after seeing the Cowboys go from 20 to 0 to 20 to 10 and then 20 to 17 before they woke back up? No, what it tells me is this team is very overrated. This isn't taken away from the fact that they got the three takeaways and so forth. Fine, you won the game. Kudos to you. My my main takeaway here, though, is based upon the film that was now created by Philadelphia against this Cowboys defense, it tells me that the Eagles require multiple critical errors by the Cowboys in order to win the game against a back up quarterback by the time they play again on Christmas Eve we keep talking about how these other teams oh this this won't be the same team later in the season and as I stated that logic if it applies to the apple it applies to the orange this Cowboys team doesn't have its QB1 and when it gets QB1 back let's say he has a couple of hiccups against the Lions if he plays in the Bears but he maybe hits his stride most likely November December this is not the same team they'll face but they have on film that Jalen Hurts is exceedingly one-dimensional. They have on film that this Philadelphia offense is not explosive. If you spot, if you have, if you would have spotted the Buffalo Bills twenty points, you would have lost this game fifty-six to three. That's the difference between a championship-caliber team offense like you see in Buffalo and a team that's just taking advantage of the other team making mistakes in Philadelphia. I, I, I agree and disagree with. Both you guys, because I feel like I have to go back and watch the second half. I didn't feel like Philly let up. I think Lane Johnson getting hurt had a big impact on, so on their protection, and they finally were able to get to him. But I think this offense—I don't think Philly's overrated either. I, th- I think their offense is so hard to play against, <laughs> and it's a—and it, it has a way. The way it's designed is makes it so difficult for Micah Parsons to be Micah Parsons because they. NBC did a great job of showing it. They made him choose constantly what to do. Like I think Collinsworth said at one point, they're not even blocking him. They're just putting him in a situation where what do I do? He's got to choose. He's got to choose. And that was very challenging for the Cowboys' defense. It's going to be challenging for every team that plays this Eagles offense. And and I'm with No C on the fact that, that Jalen Hurts will leave things on the table. He'll miss throws. But he's got such a good group around him, he doesn't have to be perfect. Because they've got such great weapons and a great offensive line. And that being said, I was really impressed with the way Dallas fought back on yeah. both sides of the ball. Like to me, I didn't see it, Isaiah, as, as, as Philly letting up so much as I just think Dallas is a good team and they woke up a little bit. 
But I think the better team won last night. I really do. And I think when Dak gets back, I, don't. I think this thing evens out more. <laughs> the better so, team lost because no, they made too many mistakes. Uh, oh, no, on this particular night, stop the way this. they play, I think the fair. better team won. No. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. So going kind of along the same lines as Rob, I agree with both of you guys in a sense. I agree with Patrick in the sense that Dallas had a chance to win that game. I agree in you in the fact, but they never had control of that chance. They had a chance. That chance was when they were down by three, your defense on the field, a full field for Philly to go and and drive. And what did Philly do? They went 11 straight <laughs> run plays. They ran the ball 11 straight times, and then they decided to put it in the air. One to A.J. Brown. He breaks a tackle, actually two tackles, goes up inside the five-yard line. Then the next play, RPO to Devontae so Smith, both, and it's a touchdown. Both Jalen's touchdowns were off RPOs. It's a pain in the ass to Can, play It against. totally so, is. Yeah. So there's a thing that DallasCowboys.com uh, has. It's called the pregame live. And um, <laughs> there was a gentleman by the name Isaiah Stamek and Barry Church. <laughs> that a good-looking dude. That kind of went over this. If you guys want to go back, we kind of went over this and described the issues that they were going to, you know, present yeah, to yeah. Micah Parsons. We broke this down like in a complete walkthrough. And then there was something else that was said earlier in the week about um, how these guys are going to run the ball. This is going to be the team. I don't know who said it. It's kind of crazy, dude, with dreads. But it's probably Nate. Yeah, know. probably Nate. But. You I said, said, said that, Jesse Hall. Yeah, and possibly sure. probably, most likely Jesse. But <laughs> so, so. said that they were going to. This is going to be the the real test. For our rush, our rushing defense, mm-hmm. and that these guys were going to be diligent in their pursuit to run the ball, and then they're going to run it so effectively that you freaking forget that they have these receivers out there. You forgot. You freaking forgot. So there is no point in the game that you could point to and say, "Yeah, we're about to win this game." You can't sit up here and say that. So to say that Dallas had a chance to win this game, yeah, you had a chance before you stepped on the field too. But you can't sit up here and say at any point in the game that you felt confident that you were going to win this game. No fan can say that. Mm-hmm. No analyst, no fan, no coach. Philly controlled this game. In that last drive, you knew Philly was going to drive the ball down there. And there was nothing that Dallas can do. I'm sorry. That's just the reality. You can make yourself, pat yourself on the back, make yourself feel better all you want to. Come back better next time. But this game, last night, Philly controlled that whole game. I don't care what the scoreboard shows. So let's take our second break. When we come back, how much? Off. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, we're running done. late. I know. How much does Dak Prescott change things moving forward? And if these two were to play again next week, they don't. It's later in the season. You got you got until Christmas, Christmas. Eve to, oh, to see them again. Somebody's gonna have a bad Christmas. Mm. <laughs> but when you see that team again, how much can things change? When we come back, we're talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. This week! 
Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. Get live, local, and primetime regular season and postseason games on your phone or your tablet. You can get game replays and more. Go to plus.nfl.com and start your free trial of NFL Plus today. Use NFL Plus. Go watch the film because we've got a lot to break down all week long here on Talking Cowboys. Patrick, no sleepwalker. Mm-hmm. We've got Isaiah Stanback. We've got... Rob Phillips and Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Now, we've got like four minutes left, so uh, we'll we'll breeze through this. But Dak Prescott potentially making his return. Rob, you said it earlier in the show, just the way that he looked pregame, felt pretty good about it, right? Yeah, I mean, just reading off what No Seed and the guys were tweeting up there, he he that was a pretty extensive workout, right? It uh, was. 50 throws is what was. they reported. And, and the spirals were tight. He had some zip on it. Um, they wouldn't let him throw anything much longer than 20, so, you know, 20, 21-ish, 22-ish. Um, but 50 throws uh, to my count and to McCarthy's count, and he was also dropping some dots as well, you know, back shoulder fades, back of the end zone pylon. Um, so, yeah, um, the only thing we didn't see were the longer throws, which, you know, just goes to him not being game ready at that time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the zip is there. He was he was ripping it. Right. He, he, he was gripping and ripping. It, gripping and ripping it. He was gripping and ripping I, I think what we're seeing is is they're they're executing the plan that they've had in place all along. And we've speculated week to week, but you give them a little work last week. Mike has said all along, full week of practice. I think they've been pointing to this week in the last couple weeks. And and if all goes well, yeah, I think we'll probably see him. I think we will see him. The Everything yeah, that happened yesterday, I just kept replaying what Rob was saying on Friday and his predictions in my head. This is a game where you wish you had Dak Prescott because you were playing from behind. And you needed somebody to come and throw you back into a ball game. I still picked the Cowboys. And you yeah, still picked yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah. That's fine. But you said it. You said this is a game where you have a feeling that they're going to have wanted Dak Prescott. They Now now they want Dak Prescott. Everybody wants Dak Prescott back. He's back and ready to go. How much of a difference does he make against Detroit this week? Well, I, there's certain instances where – I've been saying for weeks, I just think he's a better football player. I've, I didn't understand the, the – I didn't think it was a discussion to begin with with him and Rush. Sure. Um, there are certain plays in the game last night where you like we talked about the fourth down call. Dak's mobility would have helped on that play. There's throws that rush left on the field. Now I will say the one his third interception where he probably could have been a roughing call if it was a week ago. The, the league might have called that a roughing call, <laughs> um, and they didn't. That's not why they lost the game. But I didn't give. The, I didn't say in my mind, well, that's a bad throw by Rush. I think he got crushed on that play. But. Um, 
Dak's arm talent is different. I think he can make more throws down the field, and I think he's going to get more receivers involved. And that's, again, that's no disrespect to Cooper Rush, but Dak is the guy for a reason. Yeah. Isaiah, what do you think? Swag. Well, all right. Patrick, what do you no, – I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think – I mean, Dak just brings a different energy. I mean, that is yeah. what it is. I mean, everything that Rob said plus his swag and the confidence that you have when you look at him. You know, you look at Cooper Rush as a manager. You look at Dak as somebody who can win you ball games. Yeah. It's just it's just two different two different you know categories. Yeah, and facts. Not much to add to that. Uh, Cooper Rush, it, it, he did everything that he was supposed to do. Again, Cooper Rush, you know, excellent job. Thank you for your service. Um, but it's time for QB1, and it, the difference is um, the type of leadership that Dak provides. It, it's just it's this heated passion that you're going to see come out as soon as he gets back on the field, and hopefully that will be as quick as soon as this Sunday, and it looks like it might be. Do you think if these two teams played again tomorrow, who would win? If I, they played again tomorrow. Right, well, I'll, I'll even back it up just so Dak Prescott's ready and we know okay, he's good to go. go. If you go. play again in week seven – do you think the, the Cowboys have a chance to win it? Yes. Isaiah? No. Not not ready yet? Not yet. Okay. You mean him coming fresh off the injury? Fresh? Yeah, sure. Why not? Fresh off the injury. I think it's a closer game. I think I think you can still <laughs> argue. That's a yes. Don't you walk that line, Rob P. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, don't you walk that line. You hop over the fence or you stay I, on one side. We haven't yes. seen this offense with Dak in, in a month, but I do. I think I think it's a much closer game last night if he plays. I, I think just, I just do. If he's he, if he's he Dak, have to play perfect. He wouldn't have yeah. to play perfect. Yeah. He would just have to not throw three interceptions, and mm. I don't think that he would. And I think because he wouldn't throw three, give him one. Say he throws one interception, Cowboys win this game. Mm. In this hypothetical, I made it up. I think Dallas wins just because I <laughs> just because it's my hypothetical and I say what I want. All right, that does it for oh, us okay. here on Talking Cowboys. The host. Science. <laughs> That's, yes, science. science. The host with the most. Yeah. Yeah, science. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to take your calls here on Talking Cowboys. We're talking to Cowboys Nation, 888-855-2297. Give us a call tomorrow. We'll love to hear your thoughts and look ahead to the Cowboys and the Detroit Lions at AT&T Stadium this week. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and Patrick No Sleep Walker. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!